Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Would you lift your hands and lift your voices, your voices all over the building. him. Come here, Brother Dylan. Amen. Moved here from California, leading our leading our music, and what a great, great young man he is. He's a pure soul. He loves the Lord. Amen. And we're so thankful that he's here. Bless us when he interned here back a, a couple summers ago and, and just is a blessing. I give you honor. We love you being here. Amen. Would you welcome him? All of our campuses welcome him. He's a man of prayer. The choir was amazing. Amen. Sister Shelly Burley, I want you, want you to come here. Why don't you greet everybody? Amen. She has done amazing things for Anchor Christian Academy. I never see somebody that can pull talent out of our children. She was our, our, children's, our children's teachers and with singing and keyboard and, uh, uh, and now an ACA instructor and has been one of the greatest blessings to our school and and it has impacted our churches and uh, pastor tony was talking about i went down and all these kids were singing and leading where's brother richard at he said it impacted our kids so much and one of the things he didn't say it but i know one of the things he had to be talking about was the gifts and talents she's able to pull out of her children and she's here on a praise team with us tonight just amen and her pastor her brother come up here pastor cottrell This is one of the finest Christians I've ever met. Amen. He pastors First United Pentecostal Church on Clover Street right here in town. Come here, my friend. I love you. And uh, I, I, want, I want first uh, your sister to greet everybody because we love you so much. Well, thank you for the opportunity to sing tonight and worship the Lord because it's always a blessing. And I'll just give a little bit of hype for my pastor. You know your sisters know you the best. And I can tell you this, my brother is a good man. We are blessed at the First United Pentecostal Church. I always tell him, God must have a sense of humor to make your big brother your pastor. But we are blessed. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. We're so glad to have her here with us. Let me, let me tell you what type of man this is. He called me the other night and said, uh, Hey, I want to talk to you. I said, yeah. He said, I heard that you are starting a Spanish-speaking church there at the Anchor. I said, yes. He said, if you will get us the flyers, because we've been praying for God to reach 
and for this to happen. He said, our church will pass out the flyers to the Spanish-speaking people in our community. We're in this together. Come on, this isn't a church-building thing. This is a kingdom thing. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen. Pastor Cottrell, would you greet everybody? We love you. Thank you, Brother Bounds. By the way, Brother Bounds is my pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. And I thank the Lord for my sister, Shelly. We're the ones that um, would be fighting in the middle of Walmart when we were kids. But now we are fighting together for the kingdom. Amen. We are working together for the kingdom. Hallelujah. And every service when we pray at our church, I say pray for our pastors and our city. Hallelujah. Because it's not about our church, but it's about the church. And if we want to overcome the enemy, we must work together in unity. Hallelujah. And we will overcome the devices of the enemy. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. We we are a people. Uh, and uh, are y'all singing another song? Did I interrupt one? I've had the tendencies to interrupt choir songs, haven't I, Pastor Cody? Amen. And uh, are y'all good? Did, you, did I interrupt the song? Oh, you're good? All right. Y'all can, y'all can be seated. Amen. Praise God. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. We welcome each and every one of you. All of those that come from our daughter campuses, we welcome you tonight. I would... Amen. Let's give y'all a chance to be seated. and Praise God. I see some folks here all the way from Glen Ferris. Wow. And our choir is going to be coming, being seated in a moment. Let me, it's good to have Uncle Danny Anderson. Would you, would you stand, just wave, amen. Love you, amen. Baptized somebody the other day, and they got so excited, they knocked his glasses off in the water. And uh, Uncle Randy Witt and Aunt, Aunt Paula Witt have been been heroes to me for so long sang at our wedding and, and this is Cindy's sister Tackett's sister would you turn around and let everybody see you amen would you do that sister Paula amen <laughs> we honor you all tonight amazing people and uh, I'll never forget brother brother Witt who's a tremendous man I want you to come here come here uh I love you very much. I can't tell you what it means to me to see you. I'll never forget when we were sitting beside each other at a theme park with the West Virginia District Youth. And he said, when are my niece going to get together? And I was thinking, not too long from now. Amen. That's what I was thinking. And uh, you believe it's been this month, 21 years that we've been married. Isn't that something? And uh, he's a man of God, man of integrity. I want him to greet you today. Amen. Brother Witt. Praise the Lord, church. It is an honor to be in his presence. There's a lot of people went to a dead church tonight, today, but this ain't one of them. Let me tell you something. I, I know you know it already, but it goes without saying. God is doing great things. God is pouring out the Holy Ghost all over the place. There are people being baptized in His name, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God is pouring out His Spirit. 
It is the time of that end time revival and harvest. All you got to do is put your hand to the plow and get out there. God is going to win great souls through you. Hallelujah. I believe every word of it. It's the best hour of the church. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it's the best hour of the church. The devil needs to go ahead and pack his bags and get out of town because we're coming. Come on, every, every city represented here tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to raise up preachers and send them to every city that we can. Every nation that we can. Holy Ghost feel. Feel with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and say, there's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the church. Hey, if you're watching online, we're still open. Amen. Get in your car and come on here tonight. God's doing wonderful things. God's doing wonderful things. Amen. I want, I want everyone to be seated except our daughter work pastors. And uh, we want our daughter work pastors to stand. Amen. We're so glad to have them. Amen. Pastor Chrisman in Cambridge. Amen. Pastor Nutter in Coshocton. Praise God. Amen. Brother, Brother Richard. Praise God in Crooksville and New Lex, so thankful. Brother Nehemiah, amen, in McConnellsville, praise the name of the Lord. I think about it, thank God for him. Brother Castle couldn't be here from Woodsfield, they, but they've been baptizing people in Woodsfield. God's doing great things in Woodsfield as well. We're so thankful. Hell lost another one. I said, Hell lost another one. Hell lost another one. Anthony Nutter, Sister Mercedes, pastoring, amen, plant a church in Pickerton. Wave your hand out there. Praise God, just baptized last week. Another one in Jesus' name, so thankful. I'm going to miss some, but I see, I see Pastor Donnie Ryan from Johnstown and his son Michael. They've been baptizing in Johnstown. Like Brother Witt said, it's had, wave your hands back there in Johnstown, Ohio. Hallelujah. It's an exciting time to be a part of the church. And I'm just gonna, not going to say it casually. It's not inspiration, but I prophesy to you. There are so many people on the way to this. You can't count them. It's innumerable. You can't put them in a building. It's, it's too big for what God... Your houses are going to be filled with them, hungry for what God's doing. It's not meant just for this house. It's meant for every house. They're going to be hungry for the things of God. Come on. God's going to begin to give you dreams. He's going to give you dreams of nations where he's going to give a breakthrough. He's going to show you what's next on his strategic planning list. I'm telling you, the great things of God are upon us. If you believe it, shout amen. Hallelujah. 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 I, I need to take just a moment. We have always believed in the Apostolic Church in my 44 years, in the men of God. We have always believed that. More so even to accept the fivefold ministry today. I grew up accepting it. A lot of people didn't believe in it, but well, my, through the teaching of my father, we've always believed in the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We've always believed in that, God's hand operating through that. And we believe it at the anchor. 
But I'm going to tell you, it's a year of release. And what he was doing in men of God, he's going to do in the saints of God. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You're going to have a word of wisdom. God's going to give you a word of knowledge. He's going to... He's going to use you in the gifts of healings and miracles and faith. Do you believe it? You're going to be on the job and somebody's going to have a situation. You're going to say, can I pray for you? And when you say in the name of Jesus what you felt on Sunday with your pastor, you're going to feel on Monday with the master because he's with you too. These signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, say to God, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to see tumors healed. You're going to see people delivered. Amen. Hold the music for a minute. I don't want a moment of just to be inspiration. I'm telling you in the name of the Lord, God's going to use every hungry believer that will believe in his power for your family. Cities are going to be turned upside down by the saints of God. I said by the saints of God. I want you to shout, we are the church. You need to get behind the man of God. But you need to be the saint of God. The Bible says they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. And with that being said, I want to introduce our speaker tonight. We didn't receive an offering, but y'all can give one still. Later. How many going to give an offering tonight? Wave your hand. Oh my God. Get the offering plates. Ten hands went up. Amen. We better stop this service right now. How many going to give an offering? Wave your hands. Amen. Everybody can give something tonight and bless the kingdom of God. Amen. We want the man of God to come. Brother Morgan, typically at this moment I introduce the preacher, and I will. One of the greatest men of God I've ever met. I believe he's an apostle of the Lord. Key moments in my life. Through his ministry saved my life. And I'm so thankful for his ministry here. He has prophesied over that, and we have watched those prophecies come to pass. We're living in the fire that he prophesied four years ago would be here. But Brother Morgan, something I just feel because I'm so thankful for these people. In the last few weeks of prayer, I, my prayer changed a little bit. And I said, Lord, I thank you for everybody that's ever responded to the preaching of the word of the Lord. I said, God, I thank you for every believer. Everybody that I counseled that followed the counsel. Every person I preached the gospel to that followed the preaching. Everybody that responded and repented. Every, everybody that responded and they got baptized. Everybody that heard it and believed they could receive it, lift their hands and begin to speak in other tongues. Every person that we preached to about healings and they said, I believe it, and Jesus healed their body. Amen. Bishop, I love you. But I'd like to introduce you to some of the most amazing people on the planet. They're the people of God. These people love the Lord and they're ready to hear what God has given you for them because they're believers. Amen. Would you accept the man of God as he come to preach? How many believe in the word of the Lord? Somebody hold up your Bible and say, I believe in this book. Come on, get your Bibles out. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Come on, wave those Bibles as the preacher's coming and say, we believe in the word of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Let's thank God for the man of God as he comes. Well, I was kind of hoping he'd just go ahead and preach. <laughs> it all pays the same for me, so he could have went ahead and preached away but I know what he did he's going to wait and take the offering after I'm done preaching and 
so I hope that you still want to give after I'm done. <laughs> Amen. So God bless you. Amen. And I, I would concur. Uh, after you've done this a while, you can walk in and sense. Uh, you can be seated. Amen. First of all, let me say it's an honor to be here. And uh, I, I appreciate the kind of remarks Brother Bounds made and and all, uh, but I can also say back that through his preaching in different places that I've been, he's inspired me, spoke directly. I felt like a word from God. And I appreciate the sensitivity that Brother Bounds has and his hunger for apostolic things. And I consider him, uh, <clears throat> I got a phone call the other day from Brother Stone King, which we don't talk a lot. Somebody told him that I needed prayer, and he called, and he kept telling me, he said, you're the real deal, boy. <laughs> so I'm just going to use a, a Brother Stone King term. You're the real deal. Amen. And uh, I appreciate Brother Bounds. And, amen. Amen. Uh, several years ago, something happened, and I want to kind of tap into where you... Uh, uh, let me see what time it is. Uh, my wife's been getting on to me. Nothing new. <laughs> I made the mistake the other day. She was fussing at me about something and I said, I thought I married a wife, not a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what she said? If you quit acting like a kid, I wouldn't have to treat you like. <laughs> Boy, she can get feisty when she needs to. Amen. She'll, she'll fire back. Amen. Uh, several years ago, I was preaching. Uh, revival for Brother David Shatwell in Okima, Oklahoma. Okima is in Okfusky County. There is not one red light in all of Okfusky County, including Okima. So don't let Brother Shatwell ever fool you like he's some city slicker because he's not. He lives out in the middle of nowhere. And I was preaching for him. He hadn't been there very long. And uh, we, there were just a lot of things that were going on. A lot of inner turmoil, inner turmoil that was going on. Um, you know, you'll, find, you, you'll run into these kind of churches. I call them family-owned and operated churches. And uh, it's their family. They control it. They... Uh, pull all the strings and uh, don't threaten them because this is our church. And uh, there's a lot of churches like that in our fellowship. And, uh, you know, this is my pew. Don't sit in my pew. I've seen saints tell visitors, you need to move, you're sitting in my seat. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
And uh, so there was just a lot of stuff going on and, and uh, just a lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff. And so I, I was there preaching, and this is what Brother Shatwell calls that revival I was there. He called it the Chainsaw Massacre. Because he said, brother, it's like you walked in and fired up a chainsaw and you just cut everything that you could cut. And he said, body parts went to flying all over the place. And, and, uh, and it, it, it got pretty rough. That's where, that's where the one old boy come up and he's going to punch me after church. And, uh, yeah. I, I preached about divine nature this morning, but I, I ain't got enough divine nature to let you punch me. I can tell you that right now. I may punch you back, but it's going to happen. And uh, and and now uh, your pastor, he's a good man. He loves you and all, but uh, <laughs> and I just so I was getting ready to come off the steps, and this gentleman walked up, and he looked at me, and he pointed his finger, and he said, "You, hey boy, you." Mm. I said, "Yeah." He said, you need to learn how to feed the sheep. And I said, excuse me? He said, you heard me. I said, you need to learn how to feed the sheep. So I just kind of leaned out over him like this, and I looked this way, and I looked that way. And I said, I don't see any sheep up here complaining. Now, I got an old goat that's mad about something. <laughs> And that's when he drew back to hit me. <laughs> and I said, I don't think I'd do that if I were you. And he's, I mean, he's ready to throw it. He said, why? I, I, I got problems. I said, because I've never been tested in this area. You may hit me and I may turn the other cheek, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I could see the headlines in that little newspaper there's the next day. Pentecostal preacher goes crazy and beats old man half to death in front of the pulpit. <laughs> that gives you a little insight to stuff that was going on. And uh, God showed me a concrete table in that church and people sitting around it. Uh, men were sitting around and they were discussing ways to get rid of Brother Shatwell. And I seen a, a fist come out of the heavens and hit that concrete table. And when it did, this is what I heard the Lord say, I, this is what I will do to everyone who touches my anointed. And I watched those men fall back, clutching their throats, turning into skeletons. And so I told them that. This is the chainsaw massacre. So I told them, and I knew where they were at. God showed me their faces. And so I couldn't be there the next week one night. Brother Greg Goblin filled in for me. And the man that wanted to punch me, he was sitting in the cluster. It's amazing, birds of a feather flock together. And he was sitting back there, and Brother Goblin was preaching. He didn't know anything that had happened, anything going on. So he walked by him, and he said, Sir, this is weird. Every time I see you, you turn into a skeleton. And he was one of the ones, the main one. And, uh, you know, anyway, this guy thought we'd all been talking. That's usually what happens. And, 
And, uh, but that's kind of what was going on. Well, it was in that revival that after service, I was on the platform and I looked out toward the audience and when I did, everything just went dark. And then right in the center of the auditorium, I seen a throne. And on that throne was this hideous looking something. That's the only way I can explain it. The feeling that I got was just a lot of creepy crawly stuff. And the Lord spoke in that vision and said, as of this night, I am destroying the throne of iniquity that's ruled this church. And I will establish a throne of righteousness in this congregation. And so I, uh, mm, I feel the Holy Ghost already. So I went home and as my custom is, if I feel like God spoke something to me, I need to find it in the word. So I went to look and sure enough, the Bible refers to a throne of iniquity and it refers to as a throne of righteousness. Uh, when your pastor introduced me, he was talking about this congregation, how many people that he was thankful for that had obeyed the gospel and had believed in the preaching. Uh, if you'll remember, if you will remember uh, that, well, first of all, it's not the preacher that determines what throne is going to rule the church. It's the people that determine what throne is going. Mm. Mm. What throne is going to rule the church? Iniquity, it's not just lawlessness. It's you removing the law of God and inserting your own law. And uh, every time that the man of God preaches in this pulpit or speaks to you the word of God, and you say, I'm not going to do it. What you don't understand is that in your own heart, and if enough of you in the congregation do that, you are establishing a throne of iniquity. Iniquity will rule the church, which means it is not committed to the law of God. It's only committed to its own law. Is this too slow? Throne of righteousness is totally opposite. The man of God gets up and he preaches and there's people out there and they come up with an amen. Amen, we're gonna do it. Amen, we're gonna obey it. Amen, we're gonna hearken to it. Every time that happens, what you're establishing in this congregation is who's gonna rule this congregation? What kind of a throne is gonna be established in this congregation? Woo, hallelujah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, let me just kind of weave my way through this a little bit. Uh, with that in mind, if you'll remember, Moses comes down off the mountain uh, and he speaks to the people of God three times. And all three times at the end of it, the people said, we will hearken and we will obey. And when they said it the third time, the Bible says that the heavens opened. And Moses and Aaron and the 70 elders were allowed to appear uh, into the heavens and they could see the throne of God and the glory of God. That only happened when the people said, we will hearken and we will obey. Now, if you want an open heaven, and if you want God's throne, which is in heaven, to rule in the earth, 
then you've got to be in obedience. And when God finds obedient people, trust me, the heavens are going to open. Whatever barrier that was there that veiled you from God's throne is going to be removed and you're gonna fulfill the Lord's prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth even as it is in heaven. Praise God. I think that I can safely preach here tonight that God, it's, I, I've always referred to it as spiritual alignment. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. What are they? Well, to me, kingdom of heaven is exactly that. It's about heaven. Kingdom of God, what's that? That's talking about heaven and the earth. And oh boy, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the key to all of this is, uh, number one, it's about an altar. When Jacob is running in fear of his life and he gets down to, uh, they called it Luz, then later it was Bethel. But the Bible said he lighted up on a certain place. He took stones of that place. He used those stones for a pillow. Now if you study the scripture and you study history, where he come to was Abram, his grandfather's first original altar in Canaan. The stone that he used for a pillow come off the altar of his grandfather. Which I could preach a whole message on that right there. But what generation used to build an altar? Other generations trying to use it for a pillow. Mm. And then he has this dream. And in the dream he sees this ladder. And he sees angels ascending and descending. Oh, God have mercy. He sees angels ascending and descending upon it. Ah, boy, I, I, this is clearer than I've had anything a long time. He, he's seen angels ascending and descending upon it. And then he gets up the next day and he says, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. Now he's not telling you that I'm ignorant that there was a visitation. What he's saying is, is God dwells in this place. And I didn't know that this was a sacred place. It's a sacred place and God dwells there because there's an altar. Because the altar is not about prayer. The altar is about death. You can pray and not have an altar. But you'll not have an altar and not pray. The altar is where your will dies. The altar is where you die out. And he cannot establish his kingdom until you and your kingdom die out and you submit your will to the will of God because the throne of God is where the king expresses his will. But when he finds an altar and he's got people that are saying, I wanna live my life, I'm going back to the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, how does his kingdom come? He tells you the next part of it, he tells you how his kingdom comes. Thy will be done in earth, not on earth, in earth, that's you. Thy will be done in earth, even as it is in heaven. And so when people decide we want the throne of God and we want the kingdom of God to rule over us, then they get rid of their will. They find the will of God. When they find the will of God, they find the power of God. They find the authority of God and they find the word of a king. And where the word of a king is, there is power and who can question it? Now you'll never know his throne as long as you're king on your own. That's self-willed. 
Well, that's what I want to do. And this is, you better sit down because this was going to sting. <laughs> Who do men say that I am, Simon Peter? Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Son, for Jonah. Flesh and blood not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Whew, that's much better. I felt like Saul on the road of Damascus there for a minute. I was about to look into that light and say, who art thou, Lord? <laughs> I can see you now. Amen. Hey, y'all are better looking than what I thought. Amen. <laughs> now, where was I at? What was I saying? Thank you. Maybe I should forget it and go to something else. I don't know. Flesh and blood not really see my father, which is in heaven. Do you know what six verses later Jesus says to Simon? Get thee behind me, Satan. It only took him six verses to fall from blessed to Satan. I've known some folks that did it quicker than that. <laughs> and you know what caused it? He just got this great revelation who Jesus is. And then Jesus goes on and says, now I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die and all this. And Simon said, no, you're not. Bless God. I got a sword. Ain't nobody going to take you. <laughs> Nobody's going to take you. You're going to establish your throne in this world. You're going to drive Rome back into the sea. You're going to restore the, the throne of your father, David. And you're going to raise up an army, and I'm going to be a high-ranking person in your government. So no, you're not going to die. Jesus said, get thee behind me, saying, for thou savest not the things that are of God, but the things that are of man. And all it took for Simon Peter to become Satan, which means adversary is when he popped off and opened his mouth and he spoke against the will of God. Just coming out of his own thinking. Ooh, that's what you got to get rid of. It's locked up now. That's your biggest battles, your will, your thinking. I, I can't, I can't, I, I said I wasn't going to go that long and I got to get, get to it. Now, uh, where the word of a king is, there's power. Who can question it? Meaning, you know, we're, we live in a republic. I used to say a democracy, and people come up, it's not a democracy, it's a republic. Okay, it's a republic. But our statement is, for the people, by the people, we all got a right to vote, and, you know, you can disagree with the president and say whatever you want to say. But you don't do that in a kingdom. You just pop off about the king and see what happens. Kings do not take public opinion polls. Kings could care less about what you think. Their word is law. So we Americans have a hard time understanding kingdom. Why? Well, I just don't agree with that. That's what that verse means. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And who can question that? In other words, who in the right mind would ask the king, what are you doing? 
But you know what? We do it all the time. Got to speak to us, tell us something. What, what, what are you trying to do? What, what, what do you mean I got to do that? What do you mean I got to live that way? What do you mean I can't? I don't like your rule. I learned a long time ago the Bible is not a smorgasbord where you get the right to choose whatever you like and then just pass over what you don't like. You got to eat the whole loaf. Okay, 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 all right. Now, here it is. Uh, it's open heaven. Now, when Jacob, boy, my mind's working now, amen. When, when Jacob comes to it, he says, Sure, the presence of the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. For this is none other but the house of God, and it is the gate of heaven. It's the house of God, and it's the gate of heaven. In other words, this place has the potential of the gate opening and whatever is coming from the heavens has no deniability and it's not being restricted. It's an open heaven. The gate is open and whatever is coming from the throne is coming from the throne to this place. God have mercy. You sure about that? Yeah, let me help you about it in the New Testament. Would you like to hear about it in the New Testament? Nathaniel, I've seen you over there on the fig tree. Wow, what a word of knowledge. Well, Nathaniel, if you think that's something, from this day forward, the heavens are going to open and you will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Right there, Jesus went all the way back to Jacob in that ladder. And he said, wherever you find the altar and you find something that is doing the will of God in the earth, you're about to see angels ascending and descending upon it. So Jesus just looked at all of them and said, you know who I am? I am the house of God and I am the gate of heaven because I don't do the things that I want to do. I do what my father tells me to do. I speak what he tells me to speak. I say what he tells me to say. My life is not my own. I live to please my Father. Woo. Jesus. Wow. Now churches that are willing to build an altar, and I think that's what happens when you preach and you teach and you instruct. Now they've got to decide, are we going to live by this or am I going to live by my own thinking and my own law and my own will? And it's those that build the altar that gets rid of their will, <laughs> that finds the will of God. Ah, boy, there's so much stuff coming in my spirit right now. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your minds. There's where it is, right there. You got to get your mind renewed by the renewing of your minds that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Paul just told you the only way you'll ever get your mind renewed and find the will of God is you've got to present your body a living sacrifice. You've got to go to the altar, take your will out, put it on the altar and say, I'm gonna leave that here and I want God to give me his will and I want a better mind is what I want. I want to think the way he wants me to think. 
I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to conduct my life the way he wants me to conduct my life. Praise God. You got to get rid of your self-will. Had a boy one time, I was pastoring there in Oklahoma, and man, he was giving his, his dad had left him, and he was giving his mom fits. I mean, he just giving her fits. So she said, I need you to talk to him, Brother Morgan. So she brought him in the office, and, and I'll never forget it. He said, he, he was just popping off about stuff. And he said, he looked at his mom and said, you're not going to tell me what to do. He looked at me and said, and you're not going to tell me what to do. And I said, I mean, okay, that's fine. He said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm sick of people trying to tell me what to do. He said, so I'm going to join the Navy. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> when he come back from his training, <laughs> I asked him, I said, aren't you glad the Navy's not going to tell you what to do? He said, boy, Brother Morgan, I didn't know, but I do now. <laughs> you ever met people like that? Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live and I won't say this, and hopefully it doesn't come across without any compassion, but go on, go to hell. Because that's exactly where you're going to go because you're king. How can you stand before him and honor him as your king in the next world when you didn't live by his rule in this world? When you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord... That means I submit everything to him. Mm. I want Jesus to be my Lord. Really? Think about it. Think about it. Everybody still good? I'm getting ready to get to the good stuff. So, what do y'all want? This church has the potential and I think you're probably already there, of an open heaven. And God is looking for congregations that can become the house of God and they have a gate that's open and all the resources of heaven and angels are ascending and descending upon that place. And when people walk through the back doors, they sense something. There's something special about this place. There's something unique about this place. I feel something when I come here. Let me tell you why you feel something. Because this church has chosen to build an altar. And it's chosen to find the will of God. And it's chosen to live by the will of God. And when you do that, you are establishing what throne is going to rule. You'll never find God's throne in the scripture that there's not an altar somewhere close by. Because the only way to the throne is by the altar. Everybody good? Man, y'all ready to go, aren't you? Is that what you want to be? In other words, God says, okay, whatever I'm about to do, it's going to have to come through this place. All right, sit down, because now we're getting, yeah. Woo. 
angels ascending and descending. I sensed it this afternoon. I sensed, I really did. I, uh, I believe in angels. Now, you'd be shocked at how many people that's apostolic, you could say that, and they're kind of like, yeah, I believe in angels. We're, we're kind of funny creatures, you know it. I say, have you ever seen an angel? I don't know about all that, Brother Morgan. You, know, you, you get a little skeptical when I start talking about angels. But if I started saying, you ever been in a room and a demon come in? You ever felt an evil spirit? You ever had one show up in your room? 90% would say, yeah. Yeah, I had. Woo, yeah. <laughs> now, they will believe that they can see a devil and sense a devil, but when you start talking about angels... We have a propensity to kind of believe the negative. Well, was it the prophet went to Hezekiah and said, you better set your house in order or you're going to die. Hezekiah turned, old prophet's walking away, and Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, please, Lord, get me an extension on my life, which was a mistake. And, and finally God said, okay. So he speaks to the old prophet. He says, go back in there and tell him he's going to live 15 more years. So the prophet walks in there and said, hey, the Lord said he's going to give you 15 more years. And do you know what the king said? I need a sign. <laughs> well, you didn't need one when I told you you was going to die. <laughs> but now that I told you you're going to live, whoo, well, some of you are squirming right now. <laughs> Amen. That's just the way we are. But this deal, angels ascending and descending. Uh, I, I, uh, I've been very fortunate, very privileged. Now, first of all, I think the scripture teaches us not to worship angels. But they are ministering spirits, and there is a hierarchy. Now, my title tonight, and I was going to read a text, believe it or not, but your pastor messed me up when he started talking about this stuff, and so <laughs> I have violated all traditions. But I was going to talk to you about the Lord of hosts. Now, most of us view that word host, and we think it's just talking about angels. And normally it is talk, but it's not just limited to angels. But he is the Lord of hosts, and uh, he rules over that whole angelic army. Now, I don't know a lot about some of this stuff. There's other people. I was talking to Brother Woodward one time. He started telling me about some other angel in the scripture. I said, man, I didn't know that guy existed. I mean, I'm getting messed up with those three archangels, let alone you got another one over here somewhere. And, uh, but I've always believed that Michael, now most people say that he is the prince or the angel of war for Israel. But it's not just Israel, it's for the people of God. And so anytime there's about to be a good spiritual skirmish, Michael is the one that kind of steps in. You learn a lot about him. You learn a lot about him 
through the scripture, especially Daniel. Daniel's been praying 21 days. Finally, Gabriel, we say the messenger angel, gets to him. said, I'd have been here the first day that uh, you prayed, but I had a little problem in the heavens. See, there's the block. But Daniel just kept praying at the altar until the heaven opened. And when God decided for the heaven to open, he said, hey, Michael, come here. I need you to go help Gabriel. He can't get through down there. And so I'm going to send you over there, and I want you to slap the snot out of those princes. How's that? That's a good oaky term. Amen. Just slap them with everything you got. And so Gabriel said, you know what? I, I'm here now. But man, the prince of Persia and the, the prince of Grecia said, you know, he's fighting the prince of Persia right now. God have mercy. But the prince of Grecia is coming. Well, why did he say that order? Why did he say the prince of Persia and then the prince of Grecia? Because he's talking about chronological order. Now, watch what I'm about to tell you. Hopefully, this doesn't confuse you. When you read in the scripture about those princes, princes are the spirit of a kingdom. They do not rule. They're not the king, but they represent the spirit of that kingdom. So, before there's ever a king that sits on the throne, a prince manifests himself. Now, if you understand what I'm saying is, is that before the king ever sits on the throne, the spirit of that king and kingdom's already working. Mm. And so they're already dealing with uh, Persia. And now he's saying, now the next prince that's coming is the prince of Grecia. Now, if you follow the chronological order, what is it? You got the head, Babylon. You got the shoulders, uh, the Medes and the Persian. I think that's how it is. The chest is, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Greece. Amen. I think that's how it is. And so he's showing you a chronological order. Now, they're already dealing with the prince of Persia. But now the prince of Greece is coming to get in the fight. So now they're not just dealing with what's in that time. They're dealing with something that's future. Now, some of you say, I just don't understand what you're trying to say. Well, let me put it to you like this. John said, for already the spirit of the Antichrist doth work. Now, the man of sin's not been revealed yet, but the prince is already working and the spirit of the Antichrist is already active. It's been active for thousands of years. Now, there's going to be a man of sin that's revealed. So the prince and the spirit of the kingdom and the king works first. You knew where I was going, you'd be doing cartwheels right now. There's a, there was a prince of Rome. Now we got this other kingdom come. It's called the Antichrist. Antichrist, and the scripture refers to him as a prince. <laughs> he's going to set rule in this life, and he's going to reign in this life for seven years. <laughs> and that's what Daniel's seen. He's seen all five kingdoms. But then he caught a glimpse of the sixth kingdom. Because out of his peripheral view, he turns and looks and he says, I seen a stone hewn out of a mountain, but not with hands. And that stone was cast and it hit, hit the feet of that statue and that image. And it caused it to crumble. And that little stone become a great mountain. You know what he's looking at? He's looking at the kingdom of God. 
every time you read about the kingdom of God in the New Testament, Jesus compares it to what? Leaven, and he compares it to a mustard seed being planted that grows into a great tree. In other words, the kingdom of God starts in what appears to be kind of minute and small, but as it expands, as it grows, as it conquers. So we get all mesmerized by the prince, the Antichrist, and the spirit of the Antichrist working. But you know what? I also read somewhere else that there's another prince, and he's called in Isaiah chapter 9, he's called the prince of peace. And his spirit's already working right now, and he's going to make war with the Antichrist, and he's going to defeat the Antichrist. And then when that's done, the king of peace is going to set up his throne in Jerusalem. We get so focused on the fifth prince and the fifth kingdom and the Antichrist and all he's doing. And, and I mean, man, he's, he's alive and well and the world's getting crazy and we got all this stuff coming. I got a friend of mine who's very involved in uh, the government and uh, he was just in uh, New York and had went to, uh, I think it was Wall Street or whatever, and he's a part of a committee that they've put together to look at the finances and where everything's going, especially with... Uh, cryptocurrency so he was in this meeting and all and now I hope I don't mess you up here he said that this man that was talking to him was talking about the fact that cryptocurrency is not really all there is in the future that there's another currency and he started talking about this other currency and he said that this is going to be the one world currency and so my friend who happens to be a preacher said uh, you sure this is going to work? He said, we've already done trial runs with it. We have five nations that are already working with it. Now, we get to talk about that stuff, and we say, whoo, man, the Antichrist, he's tough. Read Daniel's description. He's going to stomp and devour and all those other kingdoms they gave an animal name, but this one they said it's just too horrible to even mention. That's what's warring against you right now. That's what you're fighting against right now. And you think you can last without an open heaven? You think you can fight him without the Lord of hosts kind of helping you out a little bit? You think you can go to battle with him without an angelic host that comes to help you? Woo. Now, let me tell a couple stories real quick. Uh, you know, this is kind of weird stuff I'm about to get into. But we, I, I was in a, a long extended revival in Lake Charles with Brother Ewing. And, Brother, I'm going to tell you, as David Smith or Greg Godwin would say, it just got off the deep end. I mean, it just went crazy. It was almost like when you'd walk to the pulpit there, the pulpit, and they had a little cottage over. Am I, am I taking too much time? They had a little cottage next door to the church, and I would get there. And it'd be like a direct line straight to heaven. And I've stood in that pulpit I don't know how many times, and it'd just be instant revelation and understanding. I've spent days and months in that cottage writing out stuff and God revealing stuff to me. So that's kind of the atmosphere of it. Uh, it was one of the most unique churches because uh, one minute you could go as deep as you wanted to go, and then the next minute, you could just kind of flip a switch. And I've never seen people bail out of pews. 
I mean, I've seen them there run the back of the pews. Anybody ever seen that before? Yeah. I mean, they just run on the back of the pews. Well, if you're going to run the back of the pews, please keep your eyes open. Because <laughs> one of those old boys took off running the back of the pew, and there was a visitor back there. He had his eyes closed. I mean, he wasn't a Pentecost. He had his eyes closed. And when he opened his eyes, here's this guy running straight at him. Now, remember, he's not a Christian and he's not Pentecostal, so you can kind of guess what just came out of his mouth. <laughs> but this happened probably, this happened, I'm going to say, I know three, maybe four times in that revival. Uh, I remember services there where the men flooded the platform and they're standing up there and they're just being slayed in the spirit, slain in the spirit. And it just, it, it just, and it was in the, one of those services that one of the prayer warriors of the church looked up in the balcony and seen a very militant looking angel standing up there. And she said, I knew in the spirit that Michael had come. Now there was a lot of spiritual activity going on. But remember, I spent the most part of my sermon establishing the fact that when God finds a church that will build an altar, angels start ascending and descending. Ooh. And so he appeared two or three times. Some of the most unique things in those services. Miracles, just, just, it just, if I start talking to you about some stuff, you'd, some of you just say, I don't know. But what happened was, is we're getting ready to go to the Philippines. And if you were a part of the Crusades in 2001 in the Philippines, a week, two weeks before the actual Crusades, the Muslims started bombing in the city of Manila. They were setting off bombs. So a lot of our people's calling, Sam, is it safe to go? You know, Americans, they're ready to go do mission work as long as it's easy and it's... <laughs> but then again, a little dangerous. <laughs> and so... We called Brother Mallory, and Brother Mallory said, I think it's going to be okay. So this is what we run into when we got there. Now, the crusade was going to be, this Manila crusade is what they call Lanetta Park. Uh, the grandstand, the little covering up there, you could probably see ten or 15,000 people in it. That's how big the park is. Uh, the Pope has been there, and I think they told me they had right at uh, five or 600,000 people fill that park. The crusade, they estimated there's probably close to a couple hundred thousand people there. And so we're in an open air deal. People are starting to get worried about bombs going off and uh, it becoming a target. And so um, we're getting ready to go and my family was gonna go with me. I was in a revival with Brother Kilgore and Brother Kilgore said, I think you ought to take your whole family. It's gonna be something they'll never forget. And we want to pay your family's way to be able to go. And so I took my family with me. And when I did, uh, we get there. But I'd had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking through like a, almost like an airport. And this woman woke up. And she said, and I had my son with me, John Mark, just real, what, what, well, he'd been five, six years old maybe. And so uh, he was there. And so in the dream, this lady said, we want your son. And I said, I'm going to go give you my son. Now, there's been a few times since then I might have given to her, but <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to give you my son. 
And we just kind of bickered back and forth, and then she disappeared. Then I walked off into a side room, and when I did, uh, there was a man in there, and he was very aggressive. Now, can I teach you just something real quick? Anytime that you dream about a female, that means that's the nature that the enemy's going to attack you. He only has two sources. He either comes as a subtle serpent or he comes as a roaring lion. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> but when he appears in the form of a woman, that means it's going to try to seduce and it's going to be subtle. When he appears in the form of a man, that means he's coming like a lion. He's coming straight at you. He's going to hit you with everything he's got. So the woman represented the fact that it would be through deception and through subtlety that they were going to try to take the next generation of kids in the Philippines. Now the man represented, if that doesn't work, we're going to get militant about it and we're going to get violent about it and we're going to take it. I don't know if I'm making sense. And so now I'm in this room and this man telling me, we're going to take him. And I mean, we're, we're getting ready to square off. And then the dream ends. Well, I sure didn't tell Sister Morgan about the dream. That would have canceled the whole trip. Amen. And so we get over there. And that Saturday, I was supposed to speak that Saturday night. That Saturday, we're over in the prayer room. And, uh, man, we got into a spirit of prayer. And, I mean, it was just thundering in there. Brother Shatwell was in there. And, and the Lopez's in the Union City Youth Group. There's just a bunch of people in there. And, uh, uh. So Brother Shat will come over to him and he said, the Lord said, you better not fear. You better pick that sword up and do what he told you to do. And so in the prayer, I just, okay, God. So I just took my hand like I was picking up a sword. And uh, so I uh, prayed and we're getting close to service and we've been in there a little while. And so I'm getting ready to leave. And when I did, do you know Brother Brock that used to be a missionary in the Philippines? Okay, David Brock, just good guy. I wouldn't say that Brother Brock's prone to dreams and visions, but he was standing, sitting next to the door, and uh, I'd noticed that he was just shaking and just under the presence and power of God. And so when I got ready to walk by him, he reaches out and he grabs my arm. He said, I, I need to ask you something. I said, okay, what's that? He said, uh, uh, a while ago I seen the grandstand over there, and he said, then I seen thousands of angels fill the grandstand. And he said, but standing very predominant in the midst of those angels was one that looked very military. And the, in the vision, the Lord said, ask Brother Morgan who he is because when you ask him, he will know who he is and that their help is now here. I didn't even hesitate. I said, well, that's Michael. He said, are you serious? I said, I'm very, oh, y'all are looking at me really funny now. I thought y'all wanted to be apostolic. Now I'm talking to you about the Lord of hosts. That's his warring angel. That's his army. So I just got up there that night and I just squared off with it. I, you know, I just sometimes lose all my brain. And I just squared off with it. I said, now you've come to take the next generation of this nation, but I'm binding you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, you will not take over this nation. I'm telling you right now, the angels of the Lord have come into this place to war against you and you will not take over this nation. Now, Brother Mallory, after I got done, he said, have you lost your mind? We're out in an open air deal. I said, you know what, Brother Mallory, that's exactly what that spirit wants us to do. 
It wants us to fear. Because we don't have a revelation of who's really sitting on the throne. And we don't have a revelation that he's the Lord of hosts. And we don't have a revelation what kind of army he has. He said, I got 10,000 times 10,000. You can't even count them all. And they all respond to my word. So if God opens the heavens above this church, and this church becomes a gateway church in the house of God, it will always be constant that there will be a divine visitation of the angelic host that moves up and down from the heavens into this congregation. And every time you get ready to go into a spiritual warfare, the angels of the Lord are gonna come and say, we've been sent here to help you. And we're gonna make sure that you get the victory because we all serve the same king. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. All right, just sit down one more time. I'm about, I'm about there. So I got fascinated with that statement, Lord of hosts. I, I studied when I was in another revival one time uh, several years ago. I run across a verse in Psalms. I wish I could find it again, but I studied it out, and it literally means that before God, well, at creation, God strategically placed in the heavens angelic armies over geographical areas that at the right time and at the right moment they would be activated. So before Zanesville was ever even on the map, God took a whole angelic host, placed it over this geographical area and said, now at the right time it's gonna be activated. So I just want to remind you of something here tonight. If God be for you, if God be for you, he set the stage. He put the angels in their place. And one of the key statements there, you ready? Is when the people of God begin to praise him and the people of God begin to worship him, it activates that angelic host. There's power in your praise. There's something that happens when the house of God, when the people of God begin to praise and magnify him. It activates something in the spirit that you can't even see with the natural eye. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Remind me that God just gave me a word for you. Just, just remind me here in a second. All right, sit down. Man, y'all, y'all about to make me preach and sweat. Now, to my amazement, when I studied out Lord of Hosts, I found out that it's not just angels, but it is all creation, even down to the atoms. That's a part of God's army. I mean, he could take creation and use it. Ah, Brother Morgan? Yeah, I looked it up a while ago, make sure I was right. Deborah and Barrett getting ready to go to battle. And when they got into their victory song, they said, even the stars which kept their course fought against Sisera. 
Even the river and the brook, what is it, Kidron, fought against Sisera. So they're establishing the fact that God says, I can use whatever is a part of creation that I need to use to war against your enemy. And if you'll remember, he said, I'm going to send to the people of God going into the land of promise, I'm going to send angels before you, and I'm going to send hornets before you. Angels represents the supernatural, and the hornets represents the natural. God says, I can use both supernatural, and I can use the natural to war against whatever needs to be war. So why in the world are you worried about victory? I can get the stars involved in this. Now, I, I don't... Now, just a little while ago, I got a little nudge. <laughs> and this little nudge was this. When we come into town early this morning, we crossed over a little river over here. And I asked uh, Luke, I said, uh, what's that river? And he told me. And then today, coming to church, we crossed over the main bridge over here where y'all are buying property. And we seen it over there. And uh, I asked about that river. I normally don't ask about rivers. But a while ago, the Lord nudged me and said, you tell him that I'm even going to use that river over there as a part of victory for this church. Well, that's kind of crazy. No, it's not crazy. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the King of kings. It all responds to his command. I'm trying to help some of you right now. I know you're in a battle. I know you're fighting all kinds of stuff. But just hang on. Hang in there. There's angels about to descend upon you. The angelic coast is about to come to your help. All of creation is at his disposal to help you with the victory. And then you want to be self-willed? And you want to fight all that's going on in the world right now on your own? Oh, come on now. You're not going to survive. That very verse that said, in the end time, men's hearts will fail them for, fail, for fear. I, I, the other day I read something about that. Just, I always thought that was heart attacks. But it, that's not what it means. It means they will lose heart. They will give up. Woo. And that's a lot of apostolics right now. They're just kind of like, they're seeing what's on the horizon. They see what's on the land. And they're just like, boy, Things are really getting tough. What are we going to do? I got one statement for you. Ready for it? Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. He's Lord of the situation you're in. He reigns in the circumstances you're facing right now. He's got all the resources. He's got everything that you need. Woo! Just build him an altar and step out of the way and say, okay, God, let the fire fall and let the resources come because I believe in right now that my obedience is going to bring a response from the heavens. I wish somebody just get a little vision right now of what's about to happen in the Holy Ghost in this church and an open heaven in God's sent right there. They've been building me an altar. They've been having a prayer revival and now I'm about to open the windows of heaven upon them and I'm about to open the gate and an open door and when I do, look out. 
supernatural things are going to start taking place. Woo. Anybody want to activate a little something right now? Don't wait on me to call you out. Y'all just start praising God right now. Y'all to have a Holy Ghost fit right now. Y'all to say, you know what? If there's angels above me tonight that's just waiting on my praise and my worship, I'm about to activate them right now. And I'm ready for them to go to war. And I'm ready for them to get into this battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about the rest of you? Don't you need a little help in the Holy Ghost? Don't just give him a little praise. I mean, give him fervent praise. I'm about to activate what's in the heavens. I've been building God an altar and something's getting ready to happen. Fire's getting ready to fall. Angels are getting ready to descend. Something's happening in the Holy Ghost. Provisions are coming from the throne. Miracles are coming from the throne. My king's getting involved. He's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going on through preaching, praise him. Praise him until you feel something break. Praise him until you feel something open above you. Praise him until you feel something starting to move up and down that ladder. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Worthy is our King. Great is our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Ikatoya Shatana Mahaka. Yetalalamohoko Shandayaka.
I want to. Couple things. When Haggai the prophet was speaking to them because of the resources and the resources being cut off. I'm just going to tell you that the enemy attacks the resources of our families and our churches. He does. It's a battle. And he will attack. He'll try to cut things off. He'll try to slow things down. He'll try to just destroy the economy. Woo. You said something today that triggered something in my spirit. When I took the church in Okmulgee, Okmulgee was becoming a ghost town. It was uh, an old oil town. There's a big refinery that sits over there. It's been vacant for years. And they were telling me that in Okmulgee County that there were more millionaires during the, in the 80s when the oil boomed and all that stuff. And then everybody just lost everything. So while I was there, I seen, uh, I seen the downtown just starting to be boarded up. And... Uh, <laughs> They'd try to bring new business into town, and the old money would fight them. And uh, matter of fact, I was preaching one Sunday, and the Lord said, just whatever they ask me for today, I'll do it. So I stopped, and I said, Sister Morgan, the Lord said, whatever we ask him for, today he'd do it. <laughs> and I said, what do you, what do you want to ask him for? Now, I'm thinking she's going to say uh, business is coming in, factory's coming in. She didn't. You know what she said? I want a Taco Bell. <laughs> now, I grew up thinking Taco Bell was authentic Mexican food. And, uh, well, they, they kind of laughed, and Holy Ghost said, tell them not to laugh. I'm going to bring it to town. Yeah. And so I, uh, I talked to one of the guys in the church. He was very involved in the city council. He went to all the city council meetings. He just knew everything going on. So uh, I don't know, a week or two later, he came back in. He said, Brother Morgan, did you know that somebody's put an application in before the city to bring a Taco Bell in <laughs> And he said, but they're not going to let it. They're going to fight it. That's that war in the heavens. That's that prince of Grecia and Persia saying, I'm not going to let it happen. <laughs> so then he come back. He said, well, they shot that down. Now they're talking about uh, bringing a uh, KFC and a Taco Bell combined into town. And I said, Brother Fuller, we didn't ask God for a condensed Taco Bell. We want the full menu Taco Bell. And so he come back a few days later and said, they shot that down. He said, I'm telling you right now, Brother Morgan, they're not going to let it happen. So I fired a letter off to the city. And this is what I told the city. I said, this city, this community is a lot like Lazarus in the cemetery. And I said, all we need the city to do is just to remove the stones that hinder life coming to this city. 
And I said, this church has the power to bring life into this community and to bring life into this city. We just don't need you fighting it. I'm talking about Zanesville now. This church living under an open heaven and the blessings of God and the resources of God flowing can flow right out of this building and flow right into this community and you can bring life to this area. Matter of fact, I speak life to Zanesville right now. I speak life to your county. I speak life to it tonight in the name of Jesus. I speak life into your business. I speak life into your economy. Did you hear me? I said, I speak life here tonight. I speak life into those dead contracts that you think you're never going to get. I speak life into it right now. Open the windows of heaven, God. Give favor upon this congregation. So, a little bit later, old Brother Fuller come back and said, Brother Morgan, yeah, you're not going to believe what's happening. I said, what's that? The city just approved for a large Taco Bell to be built in the city of Okmulgee, Oklahoma. I said, okay, that's great. He said, no, it will be the largest Taco Bell in the state. Oh, I know, Taco Bell. So they started construction on it. And me and Sister Morgan would drive out there and just sit in front of it while they're building it. <laughs> and finally, the, the, the contractor come over and said, I see y'all out here all the time. He said, you connected to this? I said, yeah, well, that's, that's our Taco Bell. He said, oh, so you're the franchise owner. I said, nope, nope, but it's still our Taco Bell. He said, well, I'm a little confused. So I told him the story. And you know what he said? I need you to travel all over Oklahoma and call God to bring Taco Bells and restaurants and things coming into our communities. Do you really understand the Lord of hosts? Do you really understand the power you have as one of his subjects? I feel life right now. All right, so here's, here's I'm done, I'm done. And, and I got to stop early enough so you take an offering. <laughs> now, here's what I want us to do. If you really believe what I've been preaching, then I'm going to ask you to join up with some folks. I mean, all across the building. And I want you as a congregation in the spirit of unity and in brotherhood I want you to give God one of the most fervent praises that you've given him ever or in a long time. Because I think if you'll just do it in unity, that immediately something's going to happen in the heavens. You, you want to give it to him now? Join up with somebody. Come together. Not just Zanesville, but all the churches represented here tonight. Let this church join together in unity. Let us praise God together. The angels come in unity. Let us join with them. In the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to turn to somebody and say, I love you and I need you in my life. Go turn to somebody and say, I love you. I need you in my world. I'm blessed because of you. Hallelujah. There's healings happening in this building right now. There's miracles taking place in this building right now. You will never be the same after tonight. The angel of the Lord is going home. He's going to impact your family. You're not the only one being healed. You're not the only one going to be touched. God is going to minister to your family. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I said the gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are a victorious people built upon a rock. Amen. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is our King. Aren't you grateful for Jesus tonight? He's the King of kings. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's going to be the one that starts it and finishes it. Amen. God's going to take care of it tonight. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, lift your hands and receive. Tonight, I feel the warning of the Lord. Prompted and preached to and some of the greatest preaching we hear. We've had today and this week in the local church. But God's not always going to fight against your will. Hear me tonight. The Lord's not always going to fight against your will. At some point, you've got to humble yourself before the Lord. Because you can pray and not have an altar. Look at Esau. Somewhere, you've got to get on your knees and say, it's it. Not my will, but thine be done. I feel fear in my heart. Because you can go to church and be lost. We are in a season that's very, very sensitive. And choices you make now are going to be very impacting. There is a window. There is a door that the Bible says will be shut. Speak to you in the fear of God. Don't you walk out of here half-hearted, undecided, when you know exactly what the king wants you to do. I feel such an urgency in my spirit, almost like the stories I preached about just before midnight. The people that I went to moments before they died and said, the Lord said, do it now. I feel that type of urgency in this building. I'm telling you, you know me. I don't do this very often. But tonight, somebody's last night.
I do not believe. I do not believe Cain did not know what to put on that altar. I believe he knew exactly what to do. And chose his own way. Nobody could touch him. Nobody could hurt him. Nobody could curse him. But he's lived his rest of his life from that day forward as a vagabond. Always reaching and never able to obtain. Go to this city. It's going to happen. It's going to be. Never happened. Live unfulfilled for the rest of his life. I'm telling you, I feel that here tonight. You got to choose what type of altar you're going to have. One that you control or the one that's controlled by him. I hear the song in the back of my mind. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. He... While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my Everybody in the building, repent. Lord Jesus, tonight. Lord Jesus, tonight. Lord Jesus, tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Forgive us, O oh God, of our spirit, our sins. Come on, confess your sins before the Lord right now. There is a witness of His Spirit reaching for each and every one of you. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come on. Something's happening right now in the Holy Ghost. Something's moving among us right now. I tell you what I feel, and I uh, I just feel urgency. 
Where's my wife at, Cindy? I feel scared. I honestly do. Uh, there, there are seasons that the Bible says he once winked at ignorance, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And I think there are seasons where God overlooks things. But in the book of Acts Revival, there was Ananias and Sapphira that lied about what they were giving. They made a pact behind the doors and said, well, let's just tell them this. We'll act like this is what we sold it for. Look like we're a part of everything else. And... Uh, they both were uh, judged by God. Honestly, honestly, God just took his hand off of them. And I'm going to tell you, a dangerous place to be is when God takes his hands off your life. And it's not the persona which you have at a church service. It's, it's the heart. Everybody point at yourself. Not one of you pointed at your face. Not one person in the building pointed at their face. Because a face is what you can fake people with, but you know your heart. And I come under the fear of God. The Lord spoke to me several months ago in, in, a, in a moment. The Lord spoke to me from a verse that in, in, a, in my devotion. It says, what is the chaff to the wheat? Fire is going to burn out the chaff. And if you'll confess, it's that simple. Confess your sins before the Lord. He'll burn out every desire, everything that's not like him. But if you don't, he'll remove you. And I feel that type of scare and sensitivity here tonight. Because we're not just churchgoers. We want to please the king. And in this room, the Lord is right now coming into this building to clean your heart that you know really what's down deep inside. And I wish somehow, just for a moment, you could say, forgive me, heart. Come on, the heart's desperately wicked above all things. Come on, there's a spirit of repentance that's in here right now. There's a cleaning that he's doing. Come on, every young person, every person, I want you to reach out to the Lord. You've got ought or bitterness. You've, you've got hurt. You, you've got sin. Everybody in the building, I want you to find a spot. I want you to find a place. Get along with the Lord. If you, you've got something in your mind, you, you've got an ungodly desire, you've got an adulterous eye, you, you have something in your spirit, I would confess it before the Lord tonight before you walk away. Come on, if you've been wounded, you've been hurt, you went through something, you made a bad mistake, whatever it is, you just, if you'll open up to God and say, Lord, I don't, I don't want to just pray. I want to have an altar, not my will. Change me. I don't want to hold it against their charge. Come on, you know your heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. He said, if you'll repent and confess your sins, he said, you'll have an advocate with the Father. He's faithful just to forgive you of your sin. He just wants you to repent tonight. Not my will, but thine be done. Not the way I want it, but the way you want it to be done, almighty God.
Hallelujah. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. Tonight, God is speaking to you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody lay your hands on a neighbor beside you and I want you to call on the name of the Lord. There's an urgency in the Spirit. It's very time sensitive tonight. It's very time sensitive what the Lord is doing in this building. You don't have to pray fancy. You just need to get right. I want somebody to intercede for somebody. I want you to pray. Stand in the gap for somebody right now. Lord, there's an urgency in the heavens. Come on, I'd get out of your heart, whatever's been sitting there. Come on, God wants to save you. Went to the cross to save you. Lord, let there be a touch of your spirit. Come on, young people, tonight, every person in the building, humble yourself before the Lord. Will my heart to be right with you, oh God. In the name of the Lord, will my heart to be right with you. I would pray for a family member. I would pray for a backslider. I'd pray for somebody. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There, there he is. We're going to baptize, but I want you to listen to me, and I want them to hold the baptism for a moment. In everybody's life, there's a window, and you've got to, you've got to take advantage of that moment. I, I say it in the fear of God. I preach a lot about restoration and love and mercy, and I believe that. And tonight, uh, it's a call of action call of action uh, what I said about you all I meant it when I introduced him the greatest people in the world are in this building I mean that but I also know when the Holy Ghost it was like the angel of the Lord come and stood by me a little bit ago I felt it a ministering angel and revealed this to me tonight every great revival has a moment you got to make a decision you got to make a choice. When I was a boy sitting in atmospheres like this, I, I, I remember as a boy growing up in this, it was like a powerful move of God, and there was this nudge to go pray, and if you didn't go at that moment, it would lift, and you would want it back, but you couldn't find it. Anybody ever been there? It was the moment of the service. I believe everybody in this room wants to be right with God. We humble ourselves before the Lord and say, you're the king. Not what I want, but what you want to be done. I, I don't, I'm not trying to scare you, but God's going to bring a fear of God back to the United States. It's going to come back to the church. God have mercy. 
tonight, tonight we're going to pray and, and I'm going to let you go because I can't make the choice for you. It reminds me of Wednesday night. But I believe that I, I, there's a heaviness in my spirit. Because I feel like we got a, there's a lot of prophecy over church and I'm thankful for everything you said. But there's an if in the scripture. It's if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked way. That's a choice. Then, hey, I don't want to miss it and I don't want one of you to miss it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and make a decision. Come on, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to. Amen. Amen. I'm glad God gave me this type of opportunity to get right with Him. Aren't you glad He gave you an opportunity to repent and be thankful? Amen. We're going to be dismissed in a moment, but I, I want to say that it's good to see those from, where's, I didn't know Pastor Chad Smells was here. And uh, where's he at? Hey, I didn't even, I don't know how I missed him. I said, I saw Brother Pat Byron and a few others, and uh, uh, we're so glad you're here. Would you welcome my man, Pastor, from my home church? Come up here. I want everybody to see who you are. And uh, uh, you, to know him is to love him. And a uh, powerful preacher, pastors of home church, having great revival and doing an amazing job. I'm so thankful that he's here. Brother Pat Byron, would you stand? I, I, I want to say something. He's one of the most faithful people I've ever met. Let me, let me say, yeah. Uh, he was. I'm not going to try to bring up your past, but he was playing the bass guitar in places he shouldn't have been. I'll let you decide where that was. One of the best bass players I've ever heard in my life. I was going through guest cards when I was a teenage preacher in between college classes. And I decided to try to see if I could teach Bible study. And I'd call him, hey, it's Brother Aaron from the church. I called and his wife answered, Jesse. And I said, hey, this Brother Aaron from the church, I said, I, I see on there you would maybe want a Bible study. She said, oh, Brother Aaron, we're under such con great conviction. She said, Pat will call you when he gets home. He called me. Set up a Bible study in the, old, in the basement of the church where the evangelist quarters where the office is now. And I sat there on, a, on a, one of those eight-foot plastic tables and taught one of the best Bible studies I ever taught. Because while I was teaching, he was crying and repenting. Baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost 30 years ago. <laughs> Living for the Lord. And I started a new life class because he got the Holy Ghost. And I teach on Tuesday nights. I think, yes, yeah, Tuesday nights. And I, I, I taught into my father's house. Sorry, I'm just, I feel, I've got a spirit of gratitude. Just give me a minute. And uh, started teaching about how to live for God. And I have built a new life class here as a pastor based on you. And all these new people that we have taught to come to the Lord, all of them was looking through the lens of your response to the word of the Lord. And we're better because of who you are. And we love you. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's all stand. Brother Morgan, I so appreciate you tonight. My son prophesied to me, and he said, Brother Morgan's going to prophesy to you, obey what he says. That's what he told me. And uh, I feel like I've done that. And I'm going to share, share. When I left, he said, Dad, i got a word from the Lord for you. Sorry, says that. I listen because I know he hears from God. He said, Brother Morgan's going to prophesy to you tonight. He said, be obedient to what he's telling you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he's not here tonight because two services are hard on him. He's got a bone graft in his knee that's, that's being healed, and he's limited. He was in quite a bit of pain, uh, some, not, not a lot of pain, but enough that would be uncomfortable for him to be here tonight. And I want to say to every one of you that have called, have texted, or, or sent a card, or uh, you know, have prayed, I speak on his behalf that God has been with him through this journey, and I'm thankful. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Smells, Brother Chad, would you come? I, I want you to come and, and dismiss us and pray over us. Would you, would you stretch your hands high? Amen. And, and let the Lord touch you. Pray a blessing over us in dismissal. Father, we thank you for what you have done tonight, and we thank you for what you're doing in the future. I pray, God, that you will allow a yoke-destroying anointing to fall on the saints of God in Zanesville, that you will cause every yoke to be destroyed, and that you will let a river of life come out of this congregation that will bring life to every other individual that it touches in Zanesville and in this county. I pray, God, financial blessing on this church. I place, pray spiritual blessing on this church. Let there be an outpouring and great harvest. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let it be done today in Jesus' name. Can we shout unto the Lord and give Him praise? Amen. Somebody wants to be baptized. We're so thankful. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Giovanni. Come on, let's give him one more hands of praise and be grateful. Amen. We're so thankful that another name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.